Welcome to the Unlearning Channel. Welcome everyone to the Unlearning Channel. My name is Mel V X, and I am joined with Tyson Bankert and Ariel from the Black uh, Collective, of which I am a part as well. And we want to welcome you to the Unlearning Channel. Hi, thanks for having us here. Um, yes. Yeah, thank you. Before we go any further, I'd like to acknowledge uh, the land on which this recording is being produced. So myself, Mel V, I am on uh, the traditional territories of the people of the Blackfoot Confederacy, which includes uh, the Siksika, the Pagani, the Gaina, and the Blackfoot peoples, the Wesley and uh, Chiniki bands of the Ayahi or the Stony Nakoda and Métis region uh, three. We are gathered on this land, but it is so important to acknowledge the ongoing uh, legacy of colonization here on these lands and to honor creating better relationships and making this place a place where everybody can thrive and be nourished. To our final question, um, in so many ways, we end up funding ourselves and our own efforts. How can mainstream organizations and you know, community-wise included, um, particularly in the, non, the nonprofit and grassroots sector, uh, be complicit, I appreciate the use of the term complicit, in breaking down those, those barriers, right? I mean, this is kind of a, an equitable take on that, you know, that old question that gets asked at the end of any kind of panel around, around diversity, equity, inclusion is around, how can we help? How can we help? And I appreciate that this, that this question is framed around creating the conditions and being complicit in, in terms of being active rather than passive. So that in mind, how can um, folks who are talking the talk, how can they actually walk the walk? Okay, so I, yeah. So the idea of like conditions and like creating the, the environment and the create, I mean, this is why, 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 why we're all together is like mm -hmm. that organizational change piece of like creating conditions where racial, where equity is, is encouraged and is and is and is fully realized and that and I really also I think going back to like I mean Falsey probably didn't make this quote but she says it often as well but like you know uh, culture eats policy for breakfast and it's like what no matter what kind of policy you have no, no matter what bible that you look at for your for your organization if that culture ain't right then you're going to like it, it's not going to work it's not going to be it's not going to be processed it's not going to be enacted there's mm -hmm. not going to be um and so it's really like looking at like the character of that of that organization and the leaders specifically of what they want of, of what they're holding um, as priorities and what what their principles are. That doesn't really answer mm -hmm. the question. So I just want to go into a little bit here. Is <clears throat> like, and this might just be like repeating what Ariam said. So I will so initially okay. here, which is like a thing that definitely happens. Uh, because uh, everything she says is awesome. But um, so like last year, I went into a green line engagement. I like, I, I, and I, they were like, literally, as soon as I came in, they were like, 
And I love it because I, I, I love because I'm like I know that like it's like oh it's on like <laughs> and they're like oh we don't have a bathroom here. That was the first response, and I remember being like the person was like oh hi and then like and I, and it triggers this thing in me where it's like oh yeah right like you've yet you like for one I live in this community two mm-hmm. um, I care about this stuff and three I know what I'm talking about and but anyway that was the response and I was like oh. Okay, um, like, well, first, and I, I, I looked at her and I said, I said, actually, I'm here to t- engage with you on the green line, blah, blah, blah. Oh, she's like, oh, okay, okay, yeah. And we got kind of into a conversation. She thought you were asking like, just for the bathroom? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Lord, yeah. yeah. And you would think, I mean, like, honestly, I, I also think that people who, like, turn around and are, you know, throw up their hands and give up or cry or, like, tell that person off. That's mm-hmm. absolutely acceptable. Yeah. On, like, at, like, like that's that that's microaggressions. That's whatever. Now, that's just not me. Mm. And that's and that's and that's what, what what I like about like the idea of like black of like the BLAC is that there can be space for people's reactions to that. And like, like I said, like I want it to be a place of like refuge, so creating conditions where different like, approaches. You don't have to also have that armor up all the time because it is hard. Um, exactly. I, I, sorry. It's exhausting. Yeah, it's exhausting because there are times where I want to actually flip out, which where I have actually before, but <laughs> but it's like I want to, but I shouldn't have to no. be the personal my my personal um, who I am to go. Actually, let's have an actual engaged conversation about this as someone mm-hmm. who actually uses transit day to day. Rather, I would rather have that individual. And the people that they work with going to um, Aram's point, have their own ability or reflection or culture or working environment that says like, that is not, that is not what we do here. Mm. And, and being able to look at themselves, not, and first of all, ask the question, are we like, number one, they're like, oh, wow, you're the first person all day who's, who's what one black first person all day who's actually, who's actually, you know, ridden transit. And the first person, all, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, who actually lives in this community. And then I'm like, okay, well, like, it just goes to show that like, I also shouldn't have to then be the first people in the door. Cause I'm having to go out of my way all the way around you know, mm-hmm. 40 minutes on train to get to this sauna place. But like, it's like, yeah. that, like going out of my way and being the first person is very comfortable for me because that's just mm-hmm. how I was raised. That's how I am. That's, that's just where I've always lived. And if you, and sometimes I wish that wasn't the case. Yes. Because Sorry, I'm, I'm struggling now. <laughs> because I would love to be able to have like this, this sense that those folks are going out of their way to be the first people to interact with me, if that makes sense. Like that's their framing versus the other way around. Mm. And we want to be the first, like, and not just like, and not to tote it around being like, we're the first organization to do this thing. Um, or, you know, we hired our first, you know, black whatever. Mm. Or our first, you know, because that is 
the, once mm-hmm. again, and, and the narrative is, and we know this culturally, that the, the expectation now is for that person to be all of those things versus it's like, no, what kind of culture, what kind of government, what kind of whatever position are you going to be to be accountable to ensuring that that, that person's first thing is the, the, is on you? Like is, is, and that I think with the barriers to question around, around black, I think we're not the first organization to come together as a like, at all, but um, but we're still having to do it though. <laughs> like I wonder, like, yeah. And and it's not just about, like giving up our hands, saying, "Okay, I guess we're not," because no one's wanting to do it. Hmm. And so I just and so it's just like I guess like we're gonna have to continue to like maybe like perpetuate certain things. And not and not bad. Like like we're not approaching a negative thing. But what but what we're trying to do, I think, is being able to find and carve out that space in order for somewhere somewhere to go. Hey, hey here you go. And the like community wise, I think, um, you know what they've been going through their organ- organizational change for five years. And you know what the reality is, some of the same things are still coming up, but mm-hmm. they have the um, they have the 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 practice now to be able to like acknowledge certain things and um and policies and also shifting culture to respond so it's about how you how you respond and this is the same way with the person at the greenland the same person everywhere else like how are you going to respond um because talking about it um really doesn't talking about anti-racism only gets you so far it actually i think it becomes very still very insular and there's a lot of people who I think uh, don't really know how to, like, uh, it's like, where are your relationships? Like, where are the people, like, where are, where, where, how are you actually trying to, like, connect with this work outside of just, like, these, like, oh, yeah, like, Black people equal sympathy. Like, that, like, that can't be your level and if it is, then just like, because honestly, I actually, and I've talked to everyone here that's on this Zoom channel seven times, I'm actually like, just stay out of my way. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if that's if that's sort of the interaction. But then it's like, how do we call people in? And like, how do we make sure that that's on? Because these people are of people with power. What I'm hearing from Tyson is like, what I'm hoping that Black does or that encourages, and it, it doesn't rest on us. There is a lot of people that aren't on social media or they're, that are not just popping up in this last year saying they do equity work um that have been doing this work it's just that the reality is even 20 years ago 30 years like they've been doing this for decades and there's been organizations committees all even internal in some of these institutions that not gone anywhere and at the end of the day it requires for those who hold power or privilege or influence to make a decision to act differently and what i would love though and what we can do as black is actually start helping shift some of the culture and behaviors of these organizations of of ourselves to take up more space to ha- be there for us to help us heal to go through this stuff because i love that next time tyson goes into a uh, city engagement process that the assumption is that he's there to participate instead of use the bathroom right and i and i work and i've and i've spent the majority of my like 15 ish years as a volunteer and professionally working in this space hearing that institutions, organizations, people in power from these organizations, thinking that we don't actually want to contribute, which is not yeah. the case. Mm-hmm. What do we think we're doing when we are, you know, othering Tyson and assuming he's not going to, he shouldn't be there to participate? 
or that we've created so many spaces that make us uncomfortable because it's meant for them. And I'm speaking us them, which I shouldn't, but that why would we expect us to come to these consultations? Why mm. would we expect our participation? So what can we do to shift those changes? And it's really hard, like a change in behavior, even to the end, like the, like to the point of the person, the staff person who's there on a, you know, Wednesday afternoon listening to you, um, uh, who's supposed to listen to you at that like green line consultation, who isn't maybe particularly the most powerful person in this institution, but also still doing some damage and othering that limits our ability and, yeah. and our interest and our feeling that we should be there. Because mm-hmm. I spent a lot, a lot of my time just trying to get my community members and people, other equity seeking community members, access to basic services that already exist. I'm not trying to create anything new. And yeah. so even right now, I'm, I'm trying to help with the Northeast public art engagement because I was like, I went to one and I was like, hey, I think it would actually be better for, you know, my community member, the youth I support and like engage quite, quite regularly to have um, a, a like workshop because I, I didn't actually notice the workshop part of it until way after and I joined the last one because mm-hmm. I'm like, I really don't think they actually will engage well and hear their perspectives about the communities they live in. <laughs> Um, in a form that's on a website. Like I don't, and because even I wasn't able to articulate meaningfully what I meant by what I wanted for public art in Northeast Calgary, where I live. So I was like, it'd be great though, if the, you can take the qualitative stories and, and hear from these people, kids, if we made it more obvious, because it took me, someone that has been, is in community development and, and, and engaged in civically quite a bit to realize that this was happening, right? An assumption of our, like an acceptance and understanding that we're all very different and that they shouldn't just assume that, like Tyson and I are, are model minorities in some way because we go out of our way to like be involved in civic things. We go to things like I'm I volunteer a lot. I spend my own time, but they should not frame black participation around me because I'm not a good example for how my whole community and I shouldn't be a role model example for my how my whole community participates. And nor should Tyson, even though it's great that we participate and we still go into those spaces even when we're othered. So many of us won't say nothing because we're done being emotional caretakers. And then not benefiting from our, our, like, from our cities, our communities, everything is because we are still being othered. We're still experiencing racism in many varying degrees that is telling us we don't belong here and that our voices don't matter in these situations. So I think like, I'm hoping that we create shifts, but I was reading a quote earlier and to lend to like, what can maybe these institutions or people with power or privilege. Like I have a little bit of privilege because I, I will, you know, I, I've been doing this work for a while that I will go out of my way to make a special targeted opportunity for my community members on my own time, but mm-hmm. so that I can get their voices in. But again, it's still very little P like it's lateral. Like it could easily be squashed as much as I've been doing this for a long time. Um, and it's something that I'm trying to address too in my work around anti-racism is not being neutral. And so um Mm. This person is very popular on Twitter right now. It's on this Instagram page I'm literally reading off, but it says um, neutrality doesn't exist when we're dealing with oppression. You're either trying to survive it, resist, uh, resisting it or complicit in it. Oppressive governments, churches, families, corporations, if you aren't the oppressed and you aren't resist. And it says we all know that when we are playing to being, we all know when we are playing to be neutral. We all know when we're, our silence or niceness or conflict avoidance maintains the status quo. Who benefits when privileged identities play uh, neutrality? Who benefits when people with some power in an organization, family, government, just stay neutral? Because this this thing is, the balance is already tilted to one side. Your neutrality maintains the power where it is when you could disturb the balance and benefit those who are being oppressed. And right now, I think what's 
encouraged, what I liked about this is that I want to signal these organizations that we're hoping to shift to take some risks and actually do what community-wise and AROC did, which their process, they had applied for funding for only a handful of years, realized that they like, hey, we need to listen to our community members first and then work on it. Center the experiences and voices of BIPOC community members and then actually like go for bat for them. Don't always put the work on them because they we can only do so much. Um, create like create call out some of this and stop being complicit or like ignoring and staying neutral. Start trying to figure out ways where you can shift so that you can actually do this equity work and be inclusive and actually do that work. And that's kind of where I hope what we can do. We're actually trying to create a collective, like a community of 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 work that not only supports us but supports this shift and change of culture that is needed. Because again, like these policies exist. We have all these stats. What's happening still? One of the things that I also am like looking at with Black is AROC has had this like level one sort of training for people for like trainings, you know, your your organization needs anti-racism training. And the biggest question afterwards is now what? Now what do we do? And it's like, what like what do you what more do you need? <laughs> and <laughs> but but I but I understand that it's and it's been five years and there's literally been the same like uh, there's been I've been in the room with the same people and I've had and I was just ranting about this well a few times already this week but just how like some of these these organizations have had this training in different ways they have the policies already in place before like they, they had like had the they had the non-harassment policies they had the the FOIA policies they had the anti-racism like they had all of these uh, non-bullet, whatever they had, all they had all of it, and now it's okay. But we want to like do more. It's like, well, if you want to do more, you're, you're going to have to then do more. But you have to do some of the work. Like, to your point action. And yeah. so it's like, and I guess like because I know that there's because if you're going to paint the picture that you are equitable, that you are that you do want to support. Uh, racialized communities well guess what we like like what like we're gonna have like we we need jobs we need we need things as well and so we're gonna say all right i guess like that place looks pretty good that looks okay Mm. so we'll we'll land there and that environment will not be sufficient to actually thriving and it will be the same status quo uh these organizations will just pretend now just have a really nice glossy way to like pretend and um so with black, I'm I'm wanting to I guess I call it hand holding, call it whatever. Uh, but it's like we're gonna I'm gonna do a process with the folks who are interested who say here's your way of claiming up some of the work because mm-hmm. you are right it is on the side of your desk this anti racism work I mean it's not but it, okay and you can make a choice to actively get involved similarly to actually how we all came together through um, a rock which was like coming together every, every week, centering, centering our experiences, understanding sort of who we are as we come to this table and then being able to go, what does it mean when we talk about hiring, uh, leadership, funding, you know, these policies that we're saying that we need to like recreate. And actually it's about having the culture of who we are as an organization or who our character come first. And then of course, those things will come come second, um, and we'll be better for it, uh, because 
that way then we, we can do community of care a lot better um, because we will then be able to go up to bat, hopefully, for the racialized people within our influence or within our organizations, within our friend group, if that's a thing you have. Um, and then I also think we'll be able to, um, because it's not about never having racism shit happen ever again, because that is not, that is, there's people who are, who are just, no, that's probably never going to happen in my lifetime. Um, but it's about how, what, what we do with that, right, afterwards, or when that is happening, um, to take care of each other better, because Ariam's right, like, people inside the community are taking care of each other, mm-hmm. but, but it's only, but it's the people on the outside that, that are sometimes causing the harm. So it's like we're constantly having to then like just sort of to, to the point like to survive versus like what about the people on the outside who can at least who can reframe and support that the, the and it's not sympathy either like I it's it's not a like oh how did you get here in the door it's like great we're glad you're here and how can we like encourage whatever you need mm-hmm. um I don't know that like, I think there's just a lot of there there are barriers, but there's also I think um, a lot of power in what's possible, not just with black but with um, and the people that are coming to the table at black, um, the council, um, uh, uh, U two, and a few others as well who are in on who are on who've been just doing the work mm-hmm. sometimes in silos as well, uh, and so we can create it like first like maybe a council but also like a way just to care for each other as well Absolutely. because I think all of us have been doing these things in different ways um and this might not be an opportunity to um just care for each other as well <clears throat> as we try to figure this out because we're all doing all kinds of different things in our different sort of workspaces cu- cultural spaces uh, families so and if you look deep within yourself and this is too much work for you and it's too hard or whatever like Tyson said earlier just get out the way then you need to be honest with yourself and if you really can't be arsed if you really can't be bothered to prioritize this work and do it then just get out the way right humiliation and humility have the same uh you know they have the same prefix for a reason and if you really think I'm so afraid of bungling it, whatever, then get the hell out the way and let the people who are going to do the work do the damn work. Be honest with yourselves. Can, I just want to be really, really specific about about who we're saying when we're saying that, like the people who who if you're not in this work, it's like it is it is like white people. If you're just like if you're not like wanting to do the work, or if it is too hard, or you know you're whatever. I think there is. I mean, it's like. What does it mean to like, maybe like, maybe not, I don't know, like do your best. I don't know. But if that's, if that is getting out of your way, then I, then, okay. Because um, the harm that can be caused when you're, and I, okay, can I, I actually, I really want, want to drill down a little bit deeper on this actually. Yeah, uh, if, if we, if we can here, because I think what we're, what we're, what we say a lot of times is, well, we need to do something. Mm. and sometimes the rhetoric and something isn't I, I don't actually initially it's not just about doing something it's I mean I think there's something about being impact and effective because the conversations I sometimes have 
or have had with um, white peers of mine is like, well, I just want like my daughter to grow up in like a nicer world. And like, if your daughter is white like you, it's going to be, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be just what, sorry. It is nice for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's already kind of nice for you. And like, but like, and like, does, will your daughter be, will you encourage your daughter to grow up in a world where she's with other racialized people, where she will be able, like, like what kind of, what kind of impact is that? And I, and that's, I mean, if that's what it is, okay, fine, whatever. But I, but I feel like what, what people are wanting is to do more than, than just that, or to just sort of like, know things by osmosis just like he's like that's you're also in an environment that will that is 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 classist is elitist is most often are not times where those interactions aren't happening Mm. where you can where you can tell someone like oh are you here for the bathroom because like that to you is just not that's just not a reality that you think of as like other people come into your existence of like I, 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 I'm curious. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm just curious. So like, I, I don't like. It's I not. It's not the best answer mm. uh, around just stay out of the way and do nothing. But I also I don't know what else more to then say because I do find that's being. And I mean, it's not just individuals. It's at a corporate levels. So, I mean, mm. these are things are like these are app. app this is this is what these corporations are putting forward, and it's like not. It's not. Impactful. The important point is the non-harmful is preferable to the harmful. Like, don't take up space if you're not actually going to do it. There I, you go. I really think it is. Like, so, you know, I, I, I struggle with this. Like, I'm like, I don't hate white people. I don't like white supremacists. Yeah, of course. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the issue is the difference here. And I think that part of it needs to be realized is that even with, like, let's, you know, I'm saying, like, I, I struggle with upholding a lot of white supremacy culture, like, pieces, like, uh, that whole perfectionist thing or even having to be productive. But what we know what's happening, even in, let's say, even though, I don't say this. It's like me upholding it means I'm working like 10 times as hard to seem this perfection level because I'm never going to be that white person. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I think other people can uphold white supremacy. Um, like white people can without having to do as much work. And that's another thing to it. Right? <laughs> yeah. So like, so it sucks because like, you know, we, t- we, we talk about it and like, as like a cultural trait that, you know, black people just have to work so hard, especially for black professionals. Right. We're working like 20 hours a day, sort of like model. Like, and I, I see it too, right? Like it's, it's real. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And um, I think to each their own, if they want to, but like, if we were really looking at these things, if we are really looking to create a better world for all of us and like, a, like a nicer world for like, uh, for my, you know, white daughter that's in this situation, right? <laughs> yeah. um, it's hard to say that because I'm like, then you need to not make, let's not make, make this about you then, right? Mm, like, yeah, how, like yeah. can I say that too? My job. I want to scream what Solacy says 18 <laughs> times a day. Center your BIPOC community members. Like, even, you know, the idea of al- good allyship. You know, how many people, allies or, or like organizations that say they're allies actually are taking up way too much space in this? Mm-hmm. Like, like, how are you actually centering those relationships? Because at the end of the day, room, and I don't assume that you're there to use the like come to my building to use the washroom. It's like, oh, you're meant like I see you as a strength, and you're just another person here, and that can be it. Mm-hmm. That's the hope for me. Right? Instead of <laughs> like, instead of just taking up space and saying you're gonna do this work when you're not. Um, and then actually taking away even at times funds that are meant to be addressing mm-hmm. anti-racism issue, like racism in, in organizations and then and communities and, and, and companies, you don't take up space. And it, and sometimes it's 
you know, this is why caucusing is really important. If you as a white person or white organization need to work through your things, um, because it's still going to be work. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to say like, just leave, like, don't like, but acknowledge what I'm saying. Like, I I don't know. We we aren't saying anything different. There's people who have repeatedly taken training from AROC or we're at the, you know, launch of AROC yet are still not getting it. Right. So it's like, what are you like, take some time on your own if you already have the resources mm-hmm. and think about how you can really do that work and, and, and breaking down and not being complicit and maintaining structures that are excluding us, that are harming us, right? Like that's it. And so I'd rather them and us maybe, like, I don't know, I, I, again, I'm not about calling people out. Um, I'm not trying to make anybody uncomfortable. I need to learn how to call in people so skillfully like policy does without ha- like, so I can hold, hold firm on the fact that I'm like, please, this is actually not about you. <laughs> it's mm. about how you can just take yourself and your and, and the, th- the structures that we hold up that are actually harmful, right? And so how do we shift away from that? Mm. And it's working through the onion, through the layers, so that your organization or you as a person can stop being so problematic and so harmful, right? <laughs> so, it, and if you're not willing to do that work, don't waste our energy. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is. Like, don't waste our time then because it's, the information is there. I, I'm not a person to be like, Google it, but like, um, um, <laughs> or, Google it. or like, yeah. listen to what we said the first time. <laughs> <laughs> or take some time on your own to do some reflection mm-hmm. as an organization or as a person um, that wants to know what, what this means. Right, right. So- Can- and can I also say too, like there's, um, I use this, like, you know, the whole, the whole metaphor of like, we just want to seat at the table uh, and like our, I don't know if we want to necessarily, but like there's seats, there's seats at the table. And I find that's oftentimes like, or like making room, it's like making space. Like sometimes that, that room is just not going to get, get big enough. It's just mm-hmm. like, someone's got to leave or that table. There's only so many seats and there's, only, you know, there's 12 people, there's 12 seats and there's only 12 people. And it's like, someone's got to get up from that table and leave. And it doesn't necessarily mean like, leave, like, I'm fucking done with this. Uh, It could also, it could mean like succession planning. It could mean making sure that like, when there's a panel discussion, that it's not just like you as like the project director who maybe hasn't even had like a real understanding of what, Mm -hmm you know, it's going it on per se. a different role, right? Yeah, a different role. And it, it, it also is sacrifice. Like, I'm not going to question, like, if you're, if you're a, if something that, you, that you've created is your baby, and I'm specifically talking to um, white people who are listening, where it's like, and that is a, that's a thing that, that's your baby, whatever that might look like. And yet you're trying to invite and you're, framing a nice picture for you know racialized people to get involved in that thing uh then what does that look like to like remove yourself from that table if that if if that's what your principled reason is because you will you will actively do that and there might be some mistakes in that process but you're doing it like you're like there i mean and it means you have to trust right to be able yes trust get up from the table and give your seat means that you trust that you've created the structures, the framework, the culture, et cetera, that you can trust the other people to, to do good work. And also sometimes I'm, I don't like your room and I don't want to be part of your room. Yeah, because maybe, fine. maybe that room sucks. And maybe we could have a room that's two times the size. If we get out of this 
musty old little room, right? And, and so we got to think about it differently. And also too, I mean, to, to, to use the metaphor of the room, it's like sometimes, and this is why I think like we've been coming into these rooms. I've been coming into that same building going, hey, like I want to like say something <laughs> and people being like, sorry, like the door's over there. And so like mm-hmm. I, and that is, and I'm someone who's willing to keep going back into those rooms because I know Melby, I guess trauma, I'm not sure. But like, that is something that like, I'm willing to do that. Um, but I'm also totally okay if like, if people aren't, aren't feeling your vibes right now, that's okay. Because mm-hmm. you, because you, you've broken that, you've broken that trust. Mm-hmm. But if you're centering the voices that we were talking about, like racialized people, and they told you that trust has been broken, this happened four or five years ago, whatever, but like it has rippled effect in our community about how we, how we want to engage with you, then that's, that's important. Like history and legacy is also really important to understand and as it fra- as you frame this work moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to help as people get more involved with black uh, racialized communities and black people to go like, I'm really like, it's gonna come up with a lot of things because I want like, that community of care will like hopefully um, have folks want to share these things because they feel like they're in a, in a, in a, mm. in a caring environment to have those, a place of refuge, like I said. And so I look at it as relationships are about meeting and connection. If white people want to be in relationship with me, if they want to meet me, that means I'm not going to lower myself. They're not going to lower themselves. We're going to meet each other, you know, person to person. And that means you're not going to insult my intelligence. If I see this gap, do I always have to be the one to point it out to you? Because if I see it and we're both intelligent, I think you see it too. Right. And so to me, it's about that respect for myself and I refuse to be in spaces that, you know, fundamentally expect me to lower that for myself. I, if we're truly going to be equitable and meet, then let's meet. And what I want to end with is that like, cause I, I do always see sometimes this like weird divide too, where people know that there's an issue and I, I want to say they don't always um, to like, even my point earlier about that, that um, like immigrant community that didn't actually show up as much to one of my events that I was planning through this project I'm like, I need to take that as a sign of something is missing, right? But I don't know if our normal institutions, white people, see that as that space. And what the assumption is usually that we don't care, that we're not part of it. But I want us to remember that how can we create accountability for them to do the work, but also remind them and us, um, with we can create safeguards to protect us because this is harmful for us often. This is, even after this, this is probably exhausting for us to talk about. But to remind them that this is not um, a linear like clean process, that there will be mistakes, but that doesn't mean you don't try things. It's just reminding yourself how to be accountable and how you can apologize in that work. You, we're not telling you to be perfect. We're literally just telling you to do these little things that we've asked you to do for hundreds of years. Uh, but like, I don't want to simplify it, but I remember even just, I worked in retail for a very long time. Um, and I, I like mistakes happen. Issues are ha- going to happen. We are all human. We're not perfect, but there's something here that we obviously know is not okay. And that's not right. And, but we're trying to work through. And I remember when there were situations when there was just too many people and there was too little of us as staff to deal with it or like t- uh, to be able to actually meaningfully address it. But we still want to support people is that we apologized. And even though we couldn't help them in that moment, it was enough to make people feel okay. And I, I want to start with us and these organizations to start working towards trying at least 
and like thinking about how they can hold themselves accountable to still say, Hey, I hear you. I'm dreaded and and work towards figuring out that issue. Cause afterwards, what we did as staff is they, Hey, we need more people to support this because we can't keep doing this where we're letting people down. Um, I was selling jeans. It's not the same, but I just, it always reminds me, I'm like, just acknowledge what's happening even <laughs> acknowledge people's feelings and validate them. Right. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I think that, and that just like remind ourselves that, um, we have a lot that we can do together and that we are Tyson's message. We are stronger together is really important because, and that includes all of us. We are stronger together, but we have to respect each other. We need to see each other and be there for each other. And over to you, Tyson, for your, your final thoughts. Um, okay. Uh, so I think my final thoughts, uh, I'm looking forward to taking on the great work of what AROC has. And it's been a huge impact on my own life of my own understanding about um, my racial ethnic identity. Uh, and it also has been really impactful not necessarily from a, I think I feel like I've always had like an anti-racism framework of thinking and attitude, but I also, but I think framing it also within the lens of equity, is something that I've really been um, blessed to have, a, have an understanding and the people around me. Uh, and I'm excited to this work is, is exhausting. <laughs> I, and I think for me, I've really tried to embed like a sense of wellness in this work. So like, although only myself and another council member, but we went rafting once and, <laughs> you know, and like finding opportunities to also have like that joy about mm-hmm. living in like living life together. Um, and I think for my, for me personally, I feel like I've had like, And that, and that like sense of joy with, with people who you're doing like battle with, you know, um, is, is a lot different sometimes from experiencing joy with people who don't get it. Like you can still have fun. You can still enjoy your time. It can still be a great experience, whatever that might, that might look like, but there is something about being able to have that, um, that kind of friendship and um, and uh, I'm looking forward to creating that room and, and table bigger and larger for more and more people to get involved to, to ultimately have um, that joy. And uh, so thanks for listening.
uh, frame anti-blackness, uh, maybe, you know, in the sense of, I guess, your thoughts and kind of clarifying it? Like, so for me, I think anti-blackness is the mistreatment, prejudice of people of darker skin. And I think oftentimes when we talk about anti-blackness, I think we think of it as people who culturally maybe look like myself or people with like darker uh, tone. And I actually think anti-blackness is prevalent in everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's what makes it so important to look at than just sort of racism um, are, is because the process of racialization and the process of anti-blackness is that those who are, who are darker than you are seen as less than. And so uh, anti-blackness, I believe, is the mistreatment, um, prejudice, hatred of those of darker skin tones. And those darker skin tones um, in all kinds of different cultures and ethnic backgrounds and nationalities. And I think people per se, it's people who are darker than, than, and, uh, than whatever white skin looks like in your Mm. current community, neighborhood, culture. Anti-blackness is at the root of colorism. Right, because colorism is essentially valuing lighter skin or, you know, closer to European culture or to whoever the whites are or the yeah. white people, you know, in 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 the in the group, um, as being distinguished and better than the, you know, the darker skinned or, you know, more further away if we're using the white supremacist measure from from white culture but it is it is a, a power a power demarcation and it seems like kind of cross-culturally usually those with uh lighter skinned colors um and or european features tend to be in positions of power and authority and those who are further away tend to have less power and authority or are valued less and so it's not only a white supremacy poison um <laughs> you know it is it is really about how people are racialized and and framed but also it is important to acknowledge that that capital b black right is a political uh, and social yeah. right that that speaks to the the african diaspora and yeah, um and I- you know there's two there's two kind of you know pieces pieces there there is the capital b black identity and there is the racialization process that devalues darkness or blackness. Yeah. So even like, I was just looking up, cause I think the idea of anti-blackness and why it's important in anti-racism work. Um, I'm just trying to like frame it too, because a lot of the reason why I get involved more and more is like, even with my own, like I keep bringing it back. I obviously started with my own ethnic community as a starting point for myself um, is because I noticed it was like, Hey, a handful of us had, some issues, but now there's so many of us that I'm seeing like uh, patterns of issues and that there's a lot of us experiencing that. And what we know about uh, thinking of racism is that at the end of the day, black people are discriminated more than others in the, in these experiences. 
And there is, I just found from like the end of the year about anti-Black racism as a, being super pervasive in Canada. Um, because not only are we seeing our population grow, it's doubled in the last 25 years, right? Um, black people, in, notably in Western Canada, where we are. Um, but often our experiences are diminished. And even though our experiences are heightened and probably actually more damaging or harmful, because it's kind of lumped into this idea of uh, we're visible minorities and that that experience is the same, right? And I think um, when I think of it, it's like, no, we actually probably do experience, and we do, we do experience racism differently. All of us, even in this room, experience racism differently. But we know that the experience of Black Canadians is um is, is different as well. And I think this is an opportunity right now in our in our history in Alberta and Western Canada, whatever it is, or even just as Black people, mm. um, to really look at how we can actually unify our voice. Um, even just in common spaces, I don't think there's a sense of unity within the Black community in Calgary, uh, because we, whether, and, and even a validation or understanding of your experiences, but like there's even stats that say like we always we face more food insecurity, we face more poverty, we face more um, workplace discrimination. We like black people are always experiencing more of the racism, and it's more obvious now. And and so a space where we can actually spend more time helping support and build that community of of care for each other, uh, so that we can really be like, hey, I hear you, I see you, and like actually work towards being like, let's see each other. What's actually happening to us in Alberta, in Calgary, right? But also about how do we say like there, this is not just a you're, you know, being racist, white and non-white. It really is. There's layers to this, too. Right. Um, and that we know that we're racial, like racialized, different um, and racialized and socializedly different. Right. So mm -hmm. I can send this quick document, too. But I think that's part of it for me is that I'm like I'm seeing more of these problems and specifically within the black community. I'm seeing black community members experience racism more than other minorities. And I'm seeing that it's not being addressed differently when it should be, because there is a more mm. of a threat to black people when they, and I actually, I don't want to say that too much because I, I don't want to invalidate other people's experiences, but there's more stats that say that we're experiencing more harm because of racism than others. So like, I, I don't know how to frame that without invalidating the experiences mm. of other racialized people, but it is, it is something that's happening. I don't know if that, how do we feel about that? I guess to round it, to round it out, and this is the tricky thing about it, right? Because the, the kind of, you know, the thinking in the seventies, you know, particularly in, in feminist circles was that, you know, black women are at kind of the bottom of the, of the social hierarchy and that to raise the station of black women would automatically raise, you know, everybody's station in life. And the problem with that is, you know, who's bottom and, you know, they're, there is kind of that that dynamic of, okay, well, you, we can't actually just look at it as a ladder where white people are here, black people are here, and how about all of the other racial and ethnic groupings that are, you know, not not either of those, right? And so, to me, it's a matter of having a well-rounded perspective. I don't think it's safe to assume anymore that you know raising black people's boats will raise everybody else's boats, but I think that there is an inherent value at looking at some of the most marginalized voices in, in a community or in a space. And typically those, those voices can overlap with, with black, with black people and, and our experiences. And so, you know, that, that will come up. People will, you know, think or want to know, well, why is this, you know, black and not racialized people as a whole precisely because we experienced 
racism and discrimination differently within our own communities and outside of them. And so I think that there is value in having spaces that are particular to black people's needs because those spaces are simply are simply needed and it will you know be of a benefit to other people but that to me is not the main motivating factor that we are inherently worthy and valuable of of advocating for ourselves with without there having to be a benefit a direct benefit to other people and i think that that's something that folks struggle with and i think that says a lot about our society that it's you know really stigmatized for for black people to be vocal about advocating for ourselves when in reality it's like well we're human beings and so improvement that we experience will benefit all of society but also you shouldn't do it just you know just to benefit yourselves right we have inherent valuable perspectives and experiences that need to be addressed well thank you so much yeah, thank you Ariam, and Tyson and to all of our listeners out there for being here uh, in you know your presence and listening and your learning and your nourishment we want to express our gratitude to all of you and to ourselves and continue to look out for the work that black is doing and for those of you on the socials go ahead and give community wise uh you're following give the unlearning channel a follow uh my name is mel vx and that is over and out <laughs>